Welcome to the 6am Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6am Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6amrun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello, and welcome back to the 6am Run Podcast. I am your host, Mark Paisant. As always, great to have you as a part of the show. Before we get started, which I think you're going to really like this show, we have a very interesting guest, and she has a great story and some great tips for us. But as always, the show is brought to you by 6am Run and 6amrun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. So our guest this week, is ST Rappaport, and you're wondering how do you how do you how do you spell ST? Well, that's how it's spelled. ST Rappaport. I love it. I think it's unique. I'm very interested, uh, excited to talk to her. So, but I'm gonna let her introduce herself. So, ST, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself for our audience? Oh, thank you so much, Mark, for having me. I am excited to be here. Um, I am a brain coach for entrepreneurs. I help entrepreneurs improve their thinking skills so all areas of their lives improve, but specifically running their business becomes easier. And so you say improve their brain, their cognitive thinking, their brain skills for entrepreneurs. So there's got to be a story behind that. What got you into thinking about the brain, thinking about how people use it, how it works? What made you start to think that way? Yeah, there's actually two parts of the story, one part on how I got into it, and then another part I got into it specifically for entrepreneurs. So how I got into it was... Back when I was in fifth grade, I was still struggling with reading. I went to a lot of reading tutors and it wasn't actually helping me very much. So my parents decided it was time to do something else, not just go to another reading tutor. And they brought in what's called a Feuerstein mediator. This is a person who is trained in the Feuerstein method in understanding that thinking actually isn't one big thing, but it is made up of 28 thinking skills, also called cognitive functions. So I might use them like interchangeably, thinking skills and cognitive functions. Um, And those are the skills behind all skills. So as you go about your day, you need to use these skills in almost every single one of of the activities, including as you're listening to this show and as you are running and as you're doing those things, you're using those thinking skills and they're very much needed for reading. So we didn't do like any of the typical reading things that you do when you go to a reading tutor. We just worked on these thinking skills. And because it was solving the core issue, yes, it helped me read, but it also helped me in all other areas of school. And just socially and my confidence grew, just my whole life became much better because my actual thinking had improved. Now, not to, I want to get into what you're doing now a lot, but on that point, when you're in fifth grade and you're a 10-year-old or 11-year-old, 
you know, not being able to, you know, I, I guess read as quickly or as efficiently as other kids. I'm assuming that probably affected your social skills and affected the friends you have and things like that. Were you a confident kid or, or were you kind of shy and reserved? Yeah, I was super, super, super shy. Um, I didn't really have friends. Like, I was just a very, like, shy, closed-in person. When I improved my thinking skills, it boosted my confidence, yeah, because of, like, how I thought about myself. But it also gave me the ability to see the world differently. So it was easier for me to, like, get that confidence in me. We... Like, literally, like, I would never want to read out loud. Like, I would never raise my hand to read out loud. If the teacher would ever call on me to read out loud, I would either, like, read really quietly um, or, like, just not read. And, like, eventually they learned <laughs> just not to call on me because, like, I, they weren't – they didn't have patients fighting with me. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand that. So, I, I – in again, probably last question I have on this is, like, when you're – when you're at that age and I guess, you know, the teachers are, are wondering what's going on, your parents are wondering what's going on. Like, was it was it ever a, a thought that maybe she's going to be stuck like this for the rest of her life? There's nothing we really can do. Maybe she'll get it later. I mean, was was people or people just trying to throw everything on the wall to see what stuck when it when it came to your education? Um, so I think it depends who I, I'm, I'm sure there were teachers who had like that thought process that it just going to stay stuck that way. Um, I did not like school and I wasn't the best student in not just like marks, but also like behavior because yeah, when you can't read and can't actually write. Um, and also I hated the fact that like someone telling me what to do. No, thank you very much. Like I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Um, but I, I don't think my parents ever had that my parents were much more of like the mindset like we're gonna figure this out so they would always like try different tutors or different methods like get tested for like all different things trying to see if like maybe it was a hearing issue right like all those sort of things so because they had that mindset they were then able to think of bringing in for your student mediators mm-hmm okay and you, you talked about cognitive functions before, and just so people know, like, what technically are cognitive functions, and, and how does that affect the things that we do? Yeah, so cognitive functions are just thinking skills, okay? I like to think of it as, like, the center of the web. In the center is the cognitive functions, and coming out of it is everything that you are doing in your daily life. So, for example, if you are listening to this podcast, right, that's coming out of cognitive functions. Some of the thinking skills, some of the cognitive functions that you need in order to actually listen and process it would be, let's say, clear perception. Clear perception is being able to take an information in in a clear and organized manner. So I'm sure there are people who don't like listening to podcasts because it's so much information for them and they can't take it in in a clear and organized way. I'm not saying that it's bad, but I'm saying that it's probably affecting other areas of their lives that don't have to listen to podcasts. But the fact that they have the clear, weak, clear perception is making them hard for them to do what they want to do. So by you taking it in a clear way, it's making it easier for you, right? Then you're probably also thinking about like, hey, maybe I didn't know how to read or maybe I know someone else who didn't know how to read and you're comparing it, right? You're comparing it to somebody else that you know 
based on what I'm saying or different information that you know based on what I'm saying, right? Then you're using the cognitive function of comparing. It could, I could like go on more. There's another one called hypothetical thinking. If and then, if I know this that I hear from the podcast, then I could figure out something else, figure something else out. So whatever you're doing, you're using these cognitive functions to ultimately do what you want to do. Does that make sense? It, yeah, I mean, you probably said it a lot better than I would have. So I'll, I'll say that right now. And, you know, for somebody, somebody listening to this is in, I don't know if this is even a question that is, is relevant to this it probably is, but a, so a person listening to this right now probably had it in their subconscious, they're running, they're walking, they're, they're driving. And immediately you talk about cognitive thinking and you talk about you know, how you take in information. Does that person, when they hear that, automatically reframe their focus on that? Does that change their cognitive? Does that change how they take things in instead of kind of secondary listening to it? Now they're focused on what you're saying. Is is that a way that, that changes how that information gets stored in the brain? Not stored in the brain, but actually gets, you know, received in the human body. I don't know if it's like specifically because of what I say, um, taking in information like that specific cognitive function, clear perception is from the five senses. So any of the five senses of how you take in information in a way that like you understand it, right? If you've ever or know someone who like when they have a lot to do or they walk into a messy room and they like know they need to clean it, but they can't clean it because there's just too messy or they come back from vacation and there's like a hundred emails and they can't answer them because there's too much information. That's going to be where the clear perception isn't work because they're struggling to take it in a way like, okay, I could just go one by one through these emails. It's true. It's a lot, but I don't have to worry about the whole thing and just see it in a clear way. Yeah, I definitely understand exactly what you're saying on something like that. So, and, and a lot of that, when you talk about entrepreneurs, so, and we could talk about a person who's a, an LLC up to the, you know, the person who's running a million dollar business, like they have a lot on their plate. And a lot of times it happens almost immediately. Once that person gets in that entrepreneurial space, it's like, oh, I got to worry about budgeting. I got to worry about hiring. I got to worry about returning emails. I got to return about brick and mortar or marketing or SEO, things like that. So it hits them all at one time. And this is a space that you're now in. You're, you're helping entrepreneurs with their, their thinking, their, their brain, their cognitive thinking. So how did you get into that specific part of your life, uh, helping entrepreneurs? Yeah. So back when I was in fifth grade and I was doing these sessions, like I saw how cool, like, and how much it was helping me. So I knew I would get into it. Um, but I didn't realize it would like literally be my whole life. So what happened was I started getting training in it, but I would also like be taking other courses and be learning other things and be like constantly trying different things to like, still like figuring out my life. Right. And I, one thing I was doing, I just took a, a course by Tony Robbins. He has like this RPM method where you plan based on your motivation versus than your to-do list. Not like, oh, what do I have to do? But more like the bigger picture thinking and like, okay, what's the motive to why I want to do that? And I thought it was pretty cool. The problem was that one of the things that he spoke a lot about was being able to plan like six months or year ahead. He's like, don't get caught up in like your today of what you have to do today, but rather make your big long-term plans. And 
no matter how much I tried to do it based on everything that he was saying, I couldn't actually do it. So I was like, okay, whatever, this part of the course I just can't do. A few months later, I went into a training specifically on the cognitive function of categorizations on how to categorize things better, basically, essentially. Now, it was during that training that I had like an epiphany where I realized that even though like I knew how to categorize red, yellow, green, blue, on more complex, abstract concepts, I couldn't actually categorize. I couldn't group things and say like, okay, this is okay if it happens in three, six months time. This is okay if these activities happen later. Everything had to happen right now. That's why I needed to plan Just like for right now, I couldn't think really big. I was very much like in the details and struggled to see the big picture. So I finished that course and I started like rechanging how I plan my day in general and started saving over 10 hours every single week by simply planning in a slightly different way. I went back to Tony Robbins course and now I was really able to implement it because now my brain was able to see the big picture and able to plan six months a year ahead. Does that make sense? It does because you talk a lot on your website and I'll give everybody the website name, but you talk a lot about rewiring your brain. Is that what you think you, is that what happened in that moment? Did you, were you able to rewire how your brain worked? Exactly. Exactly. Up until then, everything had to happen right now. So let's say for example, if I had to like drop something off by the post office, like I needed to go right now. Did it make a difference if I know that tomorrow I'm getting a big order and it's very big possibility that in that order, I'm going to have more things to return and I'm going to have to go to the post office again tomorrow. Nothing will happen if this package waits and goes to the post office the next day. In my mind, this needed to happen right now because it got very caught up on the details. I literally couldn't think about other things. Now I was able to say, like literally put it on the back burner and say like it's better actually it's not that i'm pushing it off it's not that i'm procrastinating it's better that i'm doing it tomorrow because then i don't have to drive there twice and so it's almost you know there's a lot of things i see that i i'm hearing you talk about and of course the the rewiring of your brain and rewiring of brains and uh you know being able to manage schedules but a lot of it has to do with not only prioritizing, but prioritizing correctly, because you could easily talk to somebody and say, Oh, just make, just make a list. Like, what do you have to do? Oh, you have to do this, 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 and this today. That's fine. But you actually work with people to help them prioritize the most important things. So they have actual time to do them. Is that, is that, am I correct when I say that? Yeah. It's interesting specific that you chose specifically prioritizing because First of all, I don't teach how to prioritize, right? Instead, I am going to help you improve how your brain thinks about the cognitive functions related to prioritizing. And that cognitive function is comparisons, being able to compare. And this is one cognitive function that most people think they know how to do, but they're actually doing it wrong, right? Think about it. If you walk into Best Buy and you want to buy a new laptop, okay, you say, I want laptop A because the screen is bigger and I want laptop B because it is cheaper. You are not comparing them on the same parameter, right? You need to say laptop A is 18 inches, laptop B is 14 inches, this one is $2,000, this one's $1,000. Random, I'm just making it up. But if you are able to compare on the same 
parameters, you'll, you'll, and you can prioritize, like choose what your priority priorities are, you'll have a much easier time making decisions because you're just going to do it. Is it more important that I have a bigger screen or is it more important that I save those thousand dollars? So, okay. I, I definitely understand what you're saying. And, and it's, it's how people, you know, the choices are made, uh, prioritizing, uh, what is actually functional for you at the time. Does this, I mean, would you say that this takes a lot of I'm, I'm trying to ask this the right way because a lot of times people use feeling in their day-to-day life. This is how they felt like doing this and they felt like doing that. Like, would you say this takes a lot of feeling out of things and, and makes people more, you know, technical thinkers or subjective thinkers versus feeling things out? It's that's that's a really interesting concept because yes, I don't know if technical is the right word, more subjective. You most definitely can. Um, be a little bit more subjective, but it's not so much about like taking away the feelings because actually what's really interesting is that emotions and cognition, like the thinking are two sides of the same coin. They're like so interrelated and so like connected to each other so much so that when you improve your like cognitive skills, your thinking skills, your emotions, like emotional skills go up and vice versa. So we're not like making the feeling go away. We're just working with it in a smarter way. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely understand that because I would, you know, from a personal perspective, I, I see myself as a very pragmatic person. I like, I like structure. I like functionality, things like that. But at the same time, I like how something makes me feel emotionally. And um, I definitely... It's called being human. <laughs> When you said two sides, I'm like, she's is she talking about me? Like, am I? I mean, actually, Perjay said it. Yeah, two sides of the same coin. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, with all this being said, I think, um, you know, two letters that are thrown around all the time when someone thinks about how well they can do or how smart they are is is IQ, and. You know, people say I have this IQ and, and to this day, I, re- I don't even know what a high IQ is because I've stayed away from that. But when we talk about cognitive function and when we're intentional about working on it and rewiring the brain, does that raise our IQ? Actually, yes. Right. IQ isn't static. Is it? Yeah, isn't static. It actually changes. There has been like some official research done that like every I think 70 sessions of Feuerstein actually raise your IQ by like a certain number um but like I don't personally know like who's done the research and stuff but I I can tell you for a fact your IQ goes up like even even just the concept of like neuroplasticity and the fact that like our brain can change when you do challenging things and you do new things, you're make you're growing new neurons, you're creating new neuron connections, and that does raise your IQ. I'm glad you brought up neuroplasticity because, you know, a lot of the people listening to this and, and are um, runners in their 40s and 50s and and, uh, and they're looking to either get back in shape or stay in shape and and when we get older, and I have to start including myself, and I am in my 40s, so I have to start thinking about everything. So old. But, yeah, yeah, I know. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but not just keeping our muscles in shape and our body in shape, but actually working on our brain, too. Because people, 
tend, tend to get complacent. They may have been at that job for a while. They're thinking about retirement. You know, kids are getting older. They don't have to do as much work. But, you know, if we're not working on our brains, that's a huge part of our body in our in our life that we're not exercising that we could be doing. So that's that's a lot of what you do, correct? Oh, yes, a, a, re- a really big part of it. And do you know that even as you get even older, not you, but as people like in general get to like their 70s, 80s, and they're starting to have like all the elderly diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and things like that, when you do things like new and challenging and work on improving your cognitive functions, you actually slow down. I'm not saying it prevents it completely. Unfortunately, we're like not at that stage yet where we have like what to actually completely stop it. But it actually slows it down because of what is happening in your brain. So if you're 40 and 50, you are young and continue like doing things for your brain. So that way it doesn't actually come to that point. Thank you. That's that's the only part of the show that I care about because you called me young. I appreciate that. No, I'm joking. I joke, but that's very, very nice of you. So let's talk that's about... It. We're uh, done. <laughs> We're done. We're done. We're done. Let's talk about the work you do and especially your website. So the website, everybody, is Life Picks University. That's L-I-F-E-P-I-X University.com. So people can go to this website and I see there is an assessment for cognitive functions they can do there. So talk about this assessment and what can people expect from that? Yeah. So the assessment is not going to tell you if one of your cognitive functions are good and one of your cognitive functions are bad. It's actually going to give you a scale from one through five, what it looks like when it's really weak and five, like what it looks like when it's really strong. And you pick where you think you are on the, on the scale. Now, the reason for the format of this assessment is for you to see how cognitive functions can always improve. There's no such thing as like maxing out a cognitive function and it can't get any better. And it will just give you like a reference point. Oh, I am better at the cognitive function of space, like understanding space and the space around me and direction but I am not so good at the concept of time and understanding time. So I might want to work on time before I try making space even better. But I will say one more thing that sometimes you want to use your stronger cognitive functions and leverage them to help you improve your weaker ones. Mm -hmm. That's good. But I do have to ask the question, which I'm sure a lot of people always ask. Yeah, this is a self-assessment. This is a self-assessment, correct? Yes. Yes. It is a self-assessment. Yeah. So that means people have so, to, no one's watching you do it. Like you have to be honest when you do this, correct? You have to be honest. And I'll, I'll even say more than that, more than just being honest, it's not going to be a hundred percent accurate. Okay. Because you are in it. And you've been living with these weak cognitive functions your whole life. So you found a way to deal with them, which is really good because imagine you didn't, then your life will be a way more difficult than it is, right? Your brain is doing its job and finding a way to deal with it. But because of that, you think certain cognitive functions are good when they're really not, right? Like going back to me. I thought my categorizations was good, right? Like I know how to categorize red, yellow, green. Like that I didn't have a problem with. But being able to do it on a more complex, abstract level, like it didn't even occur to me. So it's not going to be 100% accurate, but it, it does give you a very, very good starting point. 
Well, that's good. So, of course, the the next question after this is, what does somebody do with this assessment? What can they learn about themselves, and what's the next steps after the assessment? Yeah. So the first thing is just like the awareness of understanding. I'm a really big believer that like nothing happens without awareness, and just for you to be able to understand yourself. First of all, like if you don't, if you consider yourself like you're, you always procrastinate and you're really lazy or whatever it is, which first of all is not a thing. Humans aren't lazy. Um, we have like the la- we have the lizard brain, which wants to conserve energy and is trying to be like in survival mode. But it, so it only wants to do easy things. The reason why you are thinking something, you are thinking you are lazy is because there are certain tasks that are hard for you. So it's not that you don't want to do it. It's that for your brain, it is hard to do. Now, why is it hard to do? Because of a weak cognitive function. So when you understand this, that it's not like, oh, I'm just lazy and I always procrastinate. It's which one of the 28 cognitive functions are making it challenging for me to do the things I want to do. So it just like gives you a better understanding, both of yourself and of other people. Because if let's say, for example, you know, somebody is let's say, always making bad decisions, it's a very big possibility that their thinking skill of comparisons is weak. So I'm not using this as an excuse and just saying that like, oh, they should just always make bad decisions their whole life. But it helps you understand them better and you can come and communicate with them better when you understand it's actually because one of their thinking skills, right? Like, do you like, could you like see that in your life? Like where there's something that somebody happens and it's like actually from a thinking skill. Yeah. And, but I, I, you said, you just mentioned something now, which I think is a, a light bulb just went off in my head. And I want, I want to just focus on this really quickly because in regard to that person, that friend who we all have, or if you don't, you're probably that person um, who we believe is continually making the bad decision that they quote unquote are making the bad decision. And, and you've talked about that, um, that comparison skill that they may be lacking. I feel like this program and the way you're designing it and the way you're talking about it will lead to maybe someone having just a little more empathy for that person. And that might really do well for entrepreneurs when they have to get people to buy into what they want to happen in their company or in their program. And I, I, I want you to elaborate. I mean, is that is that true with somebody maybe gaining a little more a peek into somebody's life versus judging them? Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. It's like literally about understanding the psychology, like the cognition of human beings and how we actually operate. And what's interesting is we actually don't teach you. Like, I don't do any teaching. I do um, a method called mediation. And I like, if you just like take this away from this episode, your life is going to change forever. Okay. Nobody likes being told what to do. If you have a friend, if you have a potential customer, if you have someone, a potential investor, whoever it is, no one wants to be told what to do. So when you tell them, they just shut off and they're not actually interested. If instead you can ask them questions to help them come to the conclusion by themselves, they're actually going to do something about it. They're going to turn in from passive thinkers to active thinkers. Now, here's the like the key point. You can't do this in a, like a passive aggressive way, like trying to convince them to do something that you want to do. You actually want to understand them. You want to understand what their thinking skills are like how or how they 
how they're approaching it. But you're asking them questions. Why are you choosing that? What do you think? What's it going to help you with, right? And you're helping them get from their thought process now to the real conclusion of where they come to the conclusion themselves of what's better for them. And I think for any any parents listening right now who have kids that are um, very strong-willed and like to do things on their own, uh, like my girls, this is a, I can, from, from personal experience, this is exactly what you have to do. Because if you tell them there is, I don't know how a nine and seven-year-old can have resentment so early in life, but it, it <laughs> happens. But that, but that moment that you just, you know, you don't have to match the energy, but that moment that you kind of talk through it with them and ask them the whys and the hows and, and what the things about what makes them tick and about their feelings about something. It almost seems, and I'm sure you've probably seen this in people you worked before. It almost seems like that aha moment to them, to both of you, actually, where it's like, yeah, oh yeah, this is, this is a good idea. This is, and this is my idea. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Like you have to see exactly. You just said it. Exactly. It becomes their moment and it becomes their thing. Like they're active in it. Um, and speaking of parents, actually, you don't only have to do this. Like when you're telling them, like in general, especially if your kids are younger and you're like going to them in the park or you're reading a book to them or even like they're helping them in the night, like at night, like getting in pajamas and getting into bed, ask them questions. Like, what do you think you're meant to be doing now? I know it takes a lot of time, but like pick like a certain like 10 minutes of your day of like where you're going to focus on this and it will make them smarter. Actually, it will make them smarter. <laughs> I, I, I love that. That's, that's awesome. So, uh, and this has been a really great conversation, but, and I want to make sure I ask this. Um, so you on, on your website in, or on your bio, you have something that you say the three skills that every entrepreneur needs. So someone listening to this and, and has that entrepreneur spirit, everybody knows Hami, who is the CEO and, and founder of a uh, co-founder of 6am run entrepreneur, but you have three skills that you believe every entrepreneur needs. What are those? Yeah, there are actually three of the cognitive functions that I tend to find happens is like tends to be very weak with a lot of cognitive, with a lot of entrepreneurs, um, or just plays a very big role in business that actually affects business in a very money making way. The first one is defining the problem. Entrepreneurs, we tend to like to take action and like to do things right away, which is amazing. Don't stop doing that. But if you take a moment, just a moment, to actually define what the real problem is, you are going to solve, save yourself a lot of headache, a lot of time, a lot of money, resources, all those other things that like you're just seeing the surface issue at the top and you're just trying to solve that without taking a moment to actually solve the problem. So that's the first one. Go on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is defining the problem. The second one is hypothetical thinking. A lot of business is about like, if, and then, if I know this about my clients, then I know that about my, then I, then I know something else, right? So if I know the top 20% of my clients are from this demographic, then I should like 
put my marketing to this demographic or it actually is also very related to like the creative side of business because creativity actually comes from if and then if you like want to get a little bit more abstract in this no like creativity is completely completely new even if it seems like it's new it usually comes from many different ideas put together that then it comes out into something new so it's if i take x y and z and i mix it together then i get a but if i take x y and z and i bake it this way instead then i get b right so um we needed the hypothetical thinking, the if and then part of, of the business. And then the third thinking skill that entrepreneurs need to understand a lot is the projecting virtual relationships and being able to make the connection between two things that aren't there, right? Like how many times do does a client come to you and tell you like they have one problem, but you know they really have a deeper problem? right? Like they're presenting one thing. So the better we could make connections that aren't obvious and see like how this person came into my world and how did I actually like grow this business and how did I, right? Like all, all the things that we're trying to do and make those connections aren't done obvious, then we could grow much faster and be more strategic, strict. Oh no, I can't say it. Strategic in what we do. <laughs> You, yeah, you gave a lot of information there. And I think, I, I, honestly, like for those listening that aren't entrepreneurs or aren't in the entrepreneurial space, you can use those three things in life, in, in parenting and in friendships and in, in home life and the work you do. Like, I love the fact that the first one is, is and this, this comes up a lot, like defining is something that I have an issue with. I think a lot of people, I, I shouldn't say an issue, but you want to jump so quickly and I'm going to go ahead and call men out for a second um, because we are such, I'm not going to call us problem solvers. We want to be problem solvers. And it's like, we will jump right in like immediately. Somebody will say it's cold. And before they finish the sentence, we're trying to go over to the fireplace and they're talking about dinner and it needs to be microwaved because we haven't listened. We just want to jump into it. So I love it's such a good things. example. <laughs> it really, it really is. And I, and I've talked about it a bunch on my other show, but I used to be that problem solver, my relationship with my wife. I used to be that person. She would come to me with any issue and I say, let's sit down, let's work on it. And then I realized she just wanted me to listen. That's all she wanted me to do is listen. She, she has it figured out. She just wants her boyfriend and then husband to listen to her issues. So, um, yeah. And this has been, yeah, it's, I I love the fact that you're, you're doing this and I I think it, you know, without me rambling too much, I think it's going to change people's perspective on just brain functions, how they think about things, cognitive abilities, and, um, just making sure, would you say a lot of the, the the clients that you work with that you're actually? I know you say you don't you don't actually coach them or teach them. You, you mediate things like that, but is a lot of it just getting them to slow down? Just literally, just slow down for a second. There's actually like a slogan in the Feuerstein method. It's called "Just a moment, let me think," and we have it like all over. Like, just a moment, let me think. Take a moment, like 
do it to yourself, do it to your children, do it to your employees. There's actually like um, some sort of research that if teachers would just wait like four or five seconds longer before like having children, like like giving children enough just like four or five seconds longer to tell the answer, something like 60% of them will actually get to the answer. I don't know if the numbers are super accurate. Like I haven't seen the research in a while, but something like that, like literally just slow down and just think. Now I'm all for like, go speed, do things fast, grow your business, do the things. But sometimes we need to slow down to speed up. I love that. And, you know, before I let you go, I definitely want you to talk about your podcast. You have a podcast and tell us the name of it. And what, what, what do you talk about in this podcast? What can we, what can we get out of it? Yeah. So the podcast is called Life Picks University, P-I-X University. Um, and it's really like you, you said, Mark, how like just being able to understand other people that is the goal of the podcast to really help you understand yourself and others understanding why people have challenges and where it actually stem from. So every episode, they're like super short. We go through like an everyday challenge that you may have and we understand which cognitive function it comes from and give you tips to actually start improving that cognitive function so it's no longer a challenge. Awesome. I love it. And you can um, consider me a new listener because I'm definitely going to check out a bunch of episodes. I love it. And I think I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think in the world we live in now where there's so much telling us how divisive we are and how divided we are, and, and sometimes we just need to slow down and try to understand the other person's point of view, why they think the way they think. And maybe, just maybe, we'll all come to the realization that we have so much more in common than we do than within the differences we have and and something that makes me anxious probably makes you anxious something that gives me pause probably gives you pause and and if we just take a moment as you said slow down to speed up i think we'll all be better for it so st thank you so much for being a part of the show how other than the website which I, i'm gonna give out how else can people get in contact with you to learn more about what you're doing Yes. So the website is the best place to learn more about what I'm doing. I am on social at Life Picks University, if you prefer that. Um, so I can meet you there. But I do want to say I am so much in agreement with what you said about like understanding other people. It's like literally, I don't know, like pet peeves, right word, but like it, it gets me very heated and I could get very passionate about it. But yes. it made me very happy to hear you say it. <laughs> yeah. So listen, if you're a runner out there and you don't understand why people do CrossFit or go to the gym, like, hey, just take a moment to slow down. I'm just kidding. That's that's ridiculous, Mark. So ST, it was don't slow so down great your run for have, it. But. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that. Don't do that. ST, it was great to have you on the show. This was amazing. I learned a lot. I hope the listeners learned a lot, and um, I, I look forward to hearing more of your podcast. Thank you so much. You take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you. This was fun. Thank you, as always, for listening to the 6AM Run Podcast. Again, I am your host, Mark Paisant. Please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AM Run 
to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world. <laughs>